Brownie, welcome and uh, welcome to Lilydale. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this isn't too far from where I live. I'm a Hurstbridge uh, nice, boy yeah. now and, um, and so it's just around the corner and it's magnificent to be here at Sheen Panel Service and there's a bit going on, isn't there? There's plenty going on. So jump on the Werribee Care open line, of course. Midday Madness. There's no Dwayne, but there's still uh, Midday Madness. Uh, thanks to Werribee Care. one 736 736 awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Care makes buying cars easy. Anything you want to talk about? Obviously, there is some issues still swirling around in footy with what happened uh, at Melbourne uh, with Joel Smith and obviously the trade period is wrapped up. So couple, one question we wanted to ask you about the trade period today. I'll get your thoughts on this one. Uh, Brownie, obviously there was a lot of big names last year. You know, Luke Jackson, Jason Horn, Francis Hopper, Taranto, Dunkley, Tom Mitchell, Rankin, Brody Grundy, uh, Jager O'Meara. So there wasn't those big names uh, this year. And, and, you know, one that obviously stood up that we didn't mention there was Bobby Hill. And I don't think anyone this time last year, I thought Bobby Hill's a good player. He'll be in Collingwood's best 22. He'll fit in nicely to Craig McRae's side. But I don't think anyone sort of thought that he would be such an important figure in a premiership and in a final series. Is there, is there one player from this year's trade period? As we say, they're not as big a names as the one mentioned there. But is there someone that, that can do a Bobby Hill? That can, this time, no, next year we go, gee, that was a good trade to get him in. For what you pay, that was a fantastic trade, and he has had a fantastic 2024. Yeah, I think the the guy that I've always had a lot of time for from the Melbourne Footy Club is James Jordan. And I know the Sydney Swans were really keen to get their hands on him. He, he's played um, 65 games in four seasons there at uh, at Melbourne, and um, he's you know 22 years of age. He, he was the sub, used as a sub a lot um, throughout the the back end of his career yeah. there. And, and in that, you know, that grand final run, he was pretty much, he hardly got on the, the ground from round 23 through the final series. But um, I think he could be the guy, you know, at Sydney, obviously Horse has got a high opinion of him, give him some more minutes um, through the midfield. Uh, he can find the footy. We, we know that. He played, he's played a lot of footy, yeah. um, you know, 22 games last year, 25 the year before that, and even 18 this year, albeit, you know, probably didn't get the, the game time he would have liked. He could be the guy that really sort of steps up next year and, and uh, people say, geez, how could Melbourne have got rid of mm. him? Of the clubs, who do you feel a little bit more confident about going into 2024 with what they've done uh, in the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, everyone went into the trade period with, with uh, different ideas. Some were you know, basically didn't do a lot, did they? Like GWS and, and a few of those mm. clubs didn't do too much at all. Um, I thought the, the, the real winners of the trade period were probably um, Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were outstanding. They targeted a couple of people and they ended up getting them. Um, I, th- I think that Essendon did a really good job. Um, we are talking off air before about Jay Gresham and Xavier Dersma. Adds a little bit of polish, goal-kicking polish as well. And then, obviously, the big fullback in Mackay and, and Todd Goldstein can still play a role as a ruckman. Hawthorne got busy late, didn't they? Um, they, mm. they did a a fair bit of work on that last day to um, top up their forward line, which was pretty impotent this year. I thought they did a reasonably good job to be as competitive as they were with the forward line they had. Mitch Lewis missed a lot of footy and makeshift, you know, forwards in Fergus Green and um, Kaczynski and those guys who, um, you know, aren't established forwards, but they still managed to win seven games and be competitive. So they should be much better suited with, you know, Ginevan could get back to... Mm kicking his, his 30 or 40 goals next year. Um, and you throw Marbia Chole in there, um, Jack Gunston, 
and all of a sudden it, it looks a lot stronger on paper. I want to talk to you about Melbourne as well uh, before we get to Brett and Daniel uh, on the open line. Just interested, you know Sam Mitchell really well. You played with him. He was your captain there for a while. How will he... Not that Jack Ginneman's a, a massive handful. I mean, he's had, some, he's had some incidents and some things he probably needs to improve a little bit. But how will Sam handle a personality like that where, you know, Sam as a player was so straight down the line and it was all footy, footy, footy. How will he handle a bloke like that? Yeah, he was, he was pretty rigid and had the blinkers on as a footballer and, um, you know, like things done a certain way. You had to train hard. You had to do things Mitch's way. And that's what made him the great player and captain that he was. I think as he's got a, a little bit older and it's certainly gone into coaching and now he's a senior coach, he's, he's learnt to be a little bit more open-minded and flexible with, um, you know, the way that players live their lives. Now, that's... You've still got to be professional. You've still got to be punctual. You've still got to have a team-first attitude. But um, one of the things that good coaches, I think, drive is having a life outside of footy. And um, the, the best example I can probably come up with, you know, we had a couple of rogues back mm-hmm. in the day, and um, they were great players, but they did things differently. Buddy Franklin, Josh Gibson. <laughs> well, I did things a bit differently, but uh, I wasn't at their level. And it was probably almost frowned upon a little bit with how they lived their life socially and, and what they chose to do. Like Josh Gibson famously ducked off in a split round and went to LA for four or five days, right? Yeah. Which um, at the time, you know, we were thinking was unheard of, but would come back, win premierships, play you know well and win best and fairest. And gradually over time under Clarko and Mitch and those guys, they, they worked out that um, you, can, you can have a balance as long as you get the balance right. Um, Ben Stratton was a DJ at Revolver yep. at 3 a.m. in the morning as the captain of the footy club because that was a passion of his. And if if you know that players are happy and um, and, and doing the right thing off-field, it certainly helps with your footy. So I think Jack Ginevan's one of those guys. He does things differently. He's got a, a stack of talent. I'd still love to see him get fitter. Yep. That's, that's probably my biggest knock on him because he can find the footy. He's a great sub because he comes on and gives you X factor. But if you want to be a really good established AFL footballer you, and, and be playing that half forward role, you need a really big engine, mm. work up the field, play a few minutes through the midfield and work hard back the other way and kick some goals. So um, I reckon it would have you know it would have been tough for Jack winning a flag, mm. celebrating with your teammates and then leaving. But I think for his footy and certainly uh, what he could offer the Hawthorne Footy Club, it could be a really good move for him. He's, and he's got his premiership around yep. his neck. So he'll always, no matter what, be much loved by the Pies mm-hmm. supporters and be a premiership player be welcome back to that footy club with open arms. Get on the line today. We've got some great prizes to give away, including a double pass. Uh, Gio to Cox Plate Eve next Friday night, October 27. Uh, E-gift card as well. Signet Boost uh, Power Pank. So get on the line. Uh, 40 Wings Temper as well. 0433-981116. Got one here saying Massimo D'Ambrosio to have the Bobby Hill effect, says Harley in Preston. Let's get to one of our good friends on the run home. He's called in a bit earlier today. Old Brett from St. Albans. Go, Brett. Hey, Knackers, uh, I've got Hi, a Shags. couple of questions for the... Yeah, good. Uh, a couple of questions for the dog, if that's possible. <laughs> Far away. Uh, listen, Campbell, the first one revolves around the Caulfield Cup. Now, your old uh, buddy Ben Dixon likes to think of himself as a uh, bit of a punter, and he declared that Valiant King would win the Caulfield Cup if it got off the plane in one piece. Is he... Up the, is he uh, on the right track there? Pardon the pun. What are your thoughts? Because I had a crack at it when I was 34. It's into 13 now. And the second one is regarding Las Vegas. I'm making my first trip there in February next year. 
I need your expertise, mate. Where do I go? What are the top three places to go to? And is there any chance you can get on the line to Prince Harry and flick a text out to him to uh, meet up with me? Because you partied with him, didn't you? I, I did over there a long time ago. I reckon uh, Prince Harry, now that he's married to Meghan Markle, wouldn't be able to, wouldn't be allowed within a hundred miles of uh, Las Vegas by the, the looks of uh, how she controls that relationship. No I'll chance. start off with Valiant King, um, very nice horse. Obviously, come from overseas. Joseph O'Brien knows what it takes to win these big races. He's won two Melbourne Cups and he's he's about twenty eight years of age. The only thing I will say about Valiant King. Um, is no horse has won the Caulfield Cup from Barrier 1 since like 1941 or something like that. It's about 80 years since uh, since a horse has won the Melbourne Cup from Barrier 1. So Jamie Carr has got to do her absolute best to vo- defy history, but it's it's certainly a chance, and you've got the right price. Um, in terms of Vegas, <laughs> I, I'm tipping West Wind Blows, by the way, mm-hmm. in that race. It's a second elected, about $6.50, but it's a, it's a wide-open Caulfield Cup, and it's a cracking Caulfield Cup. Um, Vegas, I would stay at uh, at the Cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get one of those rooms with the, the balcony that overlooks the Bellagio yes, water feature. Yep. That's, that's always nice as the sun's going down to, to sit there and watch that. I'd go to Excess, uh, which is uh, at the Encore there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a bad establishment. Um, I'd go to the, uh, the Cosmopolitan uh, pool party there. Mm-hmm. It's called Marquee. And... Uh, and just float around, obviously do some of the touristy things. You can uh, see the Grand Canyon and stuff yeah. like that, which I always do, Jules. Of course you do. When I'm there. Get but the chopper flight out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a great place, and I'm sure that you'll find plenty of fun. You know, did you ever drive a NASCAR when you were in Vegas? Never did, did that. that. That's nah. magnificent. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Frightening, because you drive yourself. Yeah. I just thought I'd jumping in, and some bloke's going to take me for a spin, or you at least show it. me how to do it. Just in there by yourself. <laughs> I drove like Miss Daisy for the first couple of laps till I got uh, used to it. Brett, enjoy. Uh, let's get to Daniel in Elwood. Wants to talk about a blues recruit. G'day, Daniel. Hey, boys. I've uh, been listening this morning. A lot of kind of angry texters on all the Joel Smith stuff. And I guess in the background, the Elijah Hollands news has come to the fore in respect to him uh, being up for some possession charges. You're talking about the best recruit for the year before. Like, Hollands was bought pretty cheap. Mm. Now that this has come to light, do you reckon he's kind of got like more upside or do you look at him as being more of a risk? Like obviously he's a young kid away from home, comes back to a club with his brother, like his sublime talent. Just wondering how that made you think about that trade in hindsight. Uh, it hasn't really changed the way I've thought about that trade, to be honest. Look, he does have some personal family reasons to come back. Uh, to Victoria, look, I think it was, you know, Carlton were aware of the situation. Uh, Gold Coast had, had told them about it. It didn't um, change their view on getting Elijah to the club. And obviously that will all play out uh, in the courts at time. But I don't, look, for me, I don't think he's more of a flight risk because, you know, he's made this mistake that obviously will go uh, through the court system. And uh, oh, from a football point of view, I think it's a really good pick up for yeah, the Blues. Yeah, oh, he's a number seven draft pick. And for whatever reason, I know he, he did his knee and missed a lot of mm. footy um, early in his career, which is a real setback. Like, you're trying to establish yourself at a new club on, on a list and find a role. And, um, and missing footy, you just, you're jealous of your, your, your fellow draftees that are getting games and opportunities. You're frustrated because you're in rehab. Um, number seven pick that's only played 14 games. I, I saw him play through the final series uh, in the VFL for the Suns, who went on to win it, and uh, he was he was a huge contributor to that. So maybe get him, you know, get him back uh, back to a club with his with his brother, um, new environment. Um, you know, if I was a Carlton supporter, I only would have been upset and frustrated with 
the, the drug stuff that's come out if they weren't transparent. Correct. And if it, yeah. and it caught them by surprise. Mm. Not that it would have changed the, the mind, I don't think, of the Carlton people, but it was nice and transparent yeah, through agree. management, Suns, mm-hmm. Carlton. They all knew what they were getting. It's unfortunate that, you know, he's he's gone down that path and he'll deal with the consequences. But, um, he's, Jules, he won't be the first player that's uh, it's ended up doing a court appearance at Southport Corp. He's, I, <laughs> I did a couple there, mate. Just to, oh, maybe little, you give you a call. A little slap on the wrist diversion pro, uh, process and uh, you get you plead guilty and they throw it out and that's as, that's as far as that will go. But it, it is newsworthy. It's public. Yep. And certainly on the back of the Joel Smith stuff, um, you know, the old, old double drug story mm-hmm. in the AFL is always going to be quite large. Before we get to the break, just quickly your thoughts on the Joel Smith situation. Personally, from, you know, what he did and the, the... I mean, he should never be taking it, but the time that he did. And also, Melbourne have defended their culture for a long time. Even Simon Goodwin at the Best and Ferris said the reason they're as good as they are because of the culture they're, they're, they've developed. But it's pretty, getting a bit hard to defend it now, isn't it? Yeah, there's a few cracks in the... Uh, that argument, aren't there? Um, and, you know, I spoke to a lot of people in the last, you know, 24 hours when it was initially you know, a, a, a Victorian finals-based club, right? And then every single person to a man said, I bet you it's a Melbourne player, mm. which sort of tells yeah, you, you know, what's, what's um, nestling out there. And then when they did eventually name Joel Smith, you're surprised, um, but it's not ideal. I mean... You know, the, the Elijah Holland stuff is one thing, um, but to be to be done a game day test, that, that's significant. And, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, the headline comes out saying a potential four-year ban. Right? It's not going to be four years. Never. Then they say, oh, but it's, it's more likely going to be, you know, two years. That's not going to happen either. Mm. It's not even going to be one year. Um, Robbo wrote an article basically saying now um, under the – the, the revised yeah they changed ruling, a couple of years ago if you can prove that it wasn't done for to be a stimulant on the game day to to be performance enhancing then it's going to be a slap on the wrist it's three months a month of that's already served so he'll miss you know November December he'll come back after Christmas train with the group and be uh, available for round one mm. for a game day test mm. I mean to me that's nowhere near no. strong enough or a bigger deterrent if if you're going to miss a month, eight weeks, 12 weeks of actual AFL football, that, that to me would send a really strong mm. message. So how can they prove one way or another, whether it's in the negative or the positive, that you were using it as a stimulant? Well, how I does that ever happen? Well, I don't know. Probably by the strength of the test, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it might come back positive but yeah. quite low. Yeah. Um, but as an as a athlete, I mean, why you would be taking cocaine on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night before you played on Sunday. I mean, that's just unbelievably unprofessional. As a teammate, you'd be really disappointed. Mm. As as fans, you'd be ropeable with that situation, especially from a guy that has been in the system eight years. He's had his troubles yeah. with injuries and everything. Yeah. So every opportunity yep. he got late in the season, he should have been taking with, you know, with both hands because they were leading into a final series. And... Um, Oh, yeah, I'd be, you know, if, if he's available for selection round one by Melbourne, their actual club, and Surely not, they not have stood to down, they have to that, that'd it, be just gobsmacking. Mm. Uh, Melbourne fans, let us know uh, your thoughts. one three hundred seven three seven three six 736 The Werribee Kia open line. Always open and water. National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy.